Well, praise the Lord. We're back for another edition of Light of the Southwest. Amen. Um, you know, it's 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 getting to be back in the habit like we used to be 20 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it took me a little bit to get started, you know, but I never forgot uh, how much I enjoyed visiting with people right out here in front of everybody else. And uh, tonight we have, another, we have another edition with Avi Lipkin, and we're so glad to have Avi back, and uh, we're looking forward to spending some time together, uh, maybe breaking bread together pretty soon. <laughs> <clears throat> but <clears throat> it's people like Avi that we're asking you uh, to contribute on some partner level to keeping GLC on the air. We're calling it Onward and Upward. And if you start at $1, we're, you know, a month, $30 a month, or $30 a month to $75, <clears throat> $75 to $150, or $150 up. And we just ask you to join us. We just want you to be a part of partner with us that's yes. what partner is partner with us <clears throat> and fellowship mm -hmm. and you know <clears throat> i learned a long time ago that fellowship is really two fellows in the same ship Amen. right yes. going the same direction yes. you know <laughs> yes but we welcome you and we'd like for you to become uh, a partner with us and and we'll keep this ministry on air keep people like avi coming back mm -hmm. and <clears throat> teaching what's up to date you know it's it's not all uh, what happened, it's what's happening now sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we need to be in, informed of what's happening. I know there's a lot of people, we used to have them that would, were in nursing homes. Oh, and, I can uh, remember that. You know, we've talked about it, how we would get an envelope with Jim and Jackie, GLC. Mm -hmm. They'd pass it on to us. Mm -hmm. Somebody would give a dollar, dollar. in a nursing home. Yes. All they could afford to give, and it, and this I would end up only, crying. This was the only church that they had. <clears throat> yeah, you know, was a GLC. I would end up crying, you know. No, I mean it just broke my heart to think, here's somebody give their last dollar just to help us. Uh, you know, I yes, I, I'm I mean, on Social Security. I know you. Most people don't get enough anymore to live on. That's right. You know mm -hmm. how excited we used to be when 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 Al would say we're going to Lubbock or, mm -hmm. or we're going into. Uh, Amarella, we're going into these different cities and, and Texas and Oklahoma <clears throat> and, and New Mexico. We yeah. were always so excited because we wanted to be a part and we wanted to give because we knew that if we gave that these people there that we received, that we would get accounted for that. What You, you remember know, we, we bought a... We bought a satellite dish for Farmington, yes. and we got to go up there and visit. I know. And what, what a blessing. It, it was. You know? It was such a blessing, and to meet those people and to be a part of trying to get the <coughs> word out, God's word out for them. And uh, so you can be a partner, too. So right. we want you to partner with us. Uh, amen. So these little people <coughs> in these uh, nursing homes and people that don't have the money to, to go to church, and they've been at home in their houses mm -hmm. now for the last year and a half, so please, please think about others. Amen. Think about others, not our, just ourselves, but there's others out there that are hungry to hear the Word of God. Ask God what He'd have you do. It, and yeah. you can do it. Amen. Amen. Well, Avi, I'll tell you, we've, <clears throat> we're going to get to know each other again before this, this is over, you know? I know that you're seeing new things happen. You have, uh, I know you've got new teachings, mostly about your uh, Judeo-Christian party, and um, I'm just going to let you take off and, and teach the people what you've been learning, and bring us up to date 
Some people are going to be behind because they wasn't back here 20 years ago. <laughs> but I'm going to turn it over to you, Avi. Just take your liberty, brother, to teach. Thank you. Uh, well, the first thing I'd like to say, of course, is that GLC uh, has played a tremendous role in my life also until about maybe six or seven years ago. And um, uh, you guys helped uh, put me on the map. So I, I can't forget it. And I also have to say something that uh, I uh, am on the Internet too much. And one of the reasons I'm on the Internet too much is because people who saw me on GLC in New Mexico and other places, and they, they might have moved to Florida or something, but I'm getting so many emails every day still mm -hmm. from people who, who heard about me, met me on GLC. And um, so I, I owe a lot to you guys. I was so happy uh, to be coming back uh, to Odessa. Uh, of course, I felt it was a vindication, but I feel that uh, we have so much work yet, uh, maybe more now than ever Amen. that Amen. we have to do. <clears throat> uh, what I wanted to share in this uh, program, um, and I know I've shared it on GLC many times years ago also, uh, I am a, a fanatic history buff. A fanatic history buff means you don't really take sides, but you look at what each side is saying, and each side has some truth to it. But overall, it is the Judeo-Christian Western civilization that has the most truth. And in order to understand this, this truth, you have to understand the Bible. You have to understand God's word. You have to understand how history developed over the last 4,000 years uh, to understand how did Israel come about? How did America come about? Uh, how do Israel and America interplay as they, as they have done for the last 73 years? Uh, where is America going now? Where is Israel going now? Where is the world going now? And I'm very, very concerned uh, about things that I see happening to the detriment of the United States of America, to the detriment of Israel, to the detriment of democracy all over the world. And, you know, we've spoken about this many times, you know, that countries uh, like in Latin America that were military dictatorships forever, and today they're democratic countries. Uh, basically, what we see not being democratic is Venezuela and Cuba, which are horrible countries. The people are suffering so badly. But the countries that embrace Judeo-Christian Western civilization and democracy, they are prospering. They're doing well. You look at the former Soviet socialist uh, Eastern Europe, and they were in such poverty and, and languishing. And today you look at countries like Poland and Czech Republic and, and uh, Slovakia and uh, the Baltic Republics and Hungary. And, I mean, these countries are doing very well now under the democratic capitalist system. Their system might not be the best system in the world, and they have yet a lot to learn. But what I see overall is that there is a preponderance today of democratic countries uh, as opposed to the dictatorships that we saw in the past. Um, I think we spoke about this also in the past, that uh, there, there was this infiltration into America in the 1920s and 30s of communists that came from the Soviet Union to spread the communist revolution all over the world. And that was called the Frankfurt School. I, I recommend people look up the Frankfurt School to understand it. Uh, and these are the people 
who have taken over the universities in America today, have taken over the uh, boards of education in many places. Uh, and this is insidious because eventually the, the young people rise up with this, uh, I can't call it education, the, with this indoctrination. Oh, uh, which is anti-America, anti-Judeo-Christian Western civilization. And there are many, many people today in America who hear the word Judeo... Again, I don't say Christian or Jewish. I say Judeo-Christian because we are in this together. The Amen. hatred of the Jew and the hatred of the Christian and the hatred of God. And I know people, I don't want to mention their names because it would be very embarrassing for me. People who are very sick and they were in the hospital. I said, I'll pray for you. And they said, don't you dare pray for us. Huh. And it's good that there's no God. <clears throat> Jewish people. Mm. And so the, the problem exists uh, with Jews and Christians who were born or are nominally Jews and Christians. But the educational system in this country has gone so downhill over the last 50, 60, 70 years. And Khrushchev said, we will make America a communist country by infiltrating with socialist ideas. Mm -hmm. And this is what we see happening today. When I was a young kid here in America, I was born in, in New York in 1949. Uh, in 1955, I was six years old. My parents you know, sent me to Hebrew school to learn Hebrew and to become a Jew mm -hmm. because my parents were poor immigrants. <clears throat> they didn't know anything in Argentina about being Jewish. Uh, and actually, my mother and father had much more uh, experience with Catholic priests and nuns in Argentina. And I was always taught to love Christians f by my parents. Um, it could be in Hebrew school and other places I was taught to hate Christians. Uh, the Holocaust taught me to hate Christians. The persecutions of the Russians uh, and the, the Slavic nations against the Jews um, taught me to hate the Russians and Slavic peoples, Catholics. Um, and I was taught that in America one day there would be a Holocaust, uh, that the Jews in America would be targeted. Mm. And um, what I have seen uh, in the last 30 years, because I've been preaching in churches 30 years, uh, and I have to tell you during the Obama years, I was very active with tea parties. And I could see the anger and the resentment rising up against what Obama stood for. I know we should be talking politics, but this is very important because now that Trump is not the president, we have somebody who's basically a continuation of Obama. Mm -hmm. And there is this hatred of God, this hatred of the Bible, and churches are shut down. Christians are castigated. Christians are persecuted in America together with Jewish people who really believe. And as I have met with, uh, mostly with right-wing people, and they said to me, you know, you Jews, you're a good Jew, Avi, because you can talk to us, we can talk to you, we understand each other. But they said to me, 70% of the Jews who vote Democrat, we're gonna kill them. We're gonna kill all the Jews. And uh, because the Jews are married to Christians, you know, in America, you have 80% intermarriage. So Jews marry, six million Jews in America, they're married to four million Christians. And uh, they're gonna be killed also. And there are different groups in this country and in Canada and other countries, they wanna kill the Jew, they wanna kill the Christian. And uh, in Israel, one of the reasons I formed my party was because there are people who I used to admire in the right wing in Israel and said, we don't want the reform 
and conservative Jews. We don't want the uh, unaffiliated Jews. We don't want the Christians. We don't want the Messianics. In other words, if there were to be a Holocaust here, and you have different groups that want to kill the Jews and their Christian spouses, so there are people in Israel who are blocking them, don't want them to come into Israel. Hmm. And the Christians today in Israel, the Messianics, have absolutely zero representation. Reform, they have a rabbi who's part of the Labor Party, but the Labor Party is minuscule. They have only like six or seven members of Knesset. And so I'm looking at a picture of where you, you were asking me before, where is Israel going? Mm -hmm. And Israel today, I think, of course, uh, I don't say we rely on human beings. We don't rely on princes. We rely only on God for where God wants to take us. But what I see happening eventually is I see because of the, the hatred in America uh, of Americans for Americans, and I'm not justifying the right wing or the left wing. I'm not justifying Democrats or Republicans because I know them all. But the bottom line is I'm very, very concerned about the time of the Jews ending in America. I'm very concerned about the possibility of a civil war. And uh, the, uh, there was never, never this hatred. I remember, you know, I'm 72. I remember in the, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, uh, Democrats and Republicans were bipartisan, <coughs> always worked together. We're always patriotic together. Everyone, people maybe with slightly different nuances. But today I see a, a very, very terrible divide. And the bottom line is everybody hates the Jews. And everybody now hates the Christians. Mm -hmm. huh. And the churches are shut down by COVID-19. And there are so many things going on that you're wondering, is there some kind of a, a hand behind it? But then people say, I'm talking about conspiracy theories. But what I do know is that there are many Jews and Christians who don't believe in God. People call themselves Jews and Christians. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in the Bible. They don't want to know about it. And so the purpose of uh, the meeting that we're doing right now is to prove that God's word is true. Prove the veracity of the Bible. And so with your permission, I'm going to tell a little bit about my, my life history. And, you know, I grew up good Jewish kid in New York. I went to Hebrew school. <laughs> uh, really, until I was 13 years old and my bar mitzvah, I was just... I was a de my American name is Dennis, so I was a Dennis the Menace. I was just I was a nuisance in Hebrew school, and, I and, can see that. and uh, <laughs> my wife still says I'm a nuisance, but and she hasn't killed me in 50 years, so that's I'm very fortunate. But she's here in the audience, um, and so I have a little story. You know, I grew up as a young kid loving uh, stamp collecting and coin collecting. And I'm going to start with this because it, it brings up an important point. And I would go to public school every day, you know, from 8 to 3, then intramurals from 3 to 5, and then from 5 to 7, I'd go to Hebrew school. I would come home every day at 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night, <coughs> excuse me. And every time I went to Hebrew school and to public school, I'd have my stamp books with me. Because my buddies had stamp books and we'd be trading stamps in classes and, you know, we, we were doing things we shouldn't be doing. <coughs> But in the 60s, stamp collecting was a big thing with young kids. And in Hebrew school, and one day we were in Hebrew school and we were trading stamps instead of under the counter, under our little desks. <laughs> and my Hebrew teacher who was Israeli caught me and she came over and she looked. And one of the stamps I had in my hand was issued by the United States Post Office in April of 1962. 
April 1962 was the centenary, the, the century of commemorating the Battle of Shiloh. Civil War, Shiloh, Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, my teacher just, she didn't get angry, but she, she, she took advantage of this to teach a lesson. And she said, you know that there's a Shiloh in the Holy Land. There's a Shiloh in Israel. She says, oh, really? Where is it? Oh, we don't know. <laughs> we know we don't know because it's, it was <clears throat> under the ground. It was destroyed. It was under the ground. And there are so many things that we would read in the Bible in the 50s and 60s. Uh, they were myths. They were fables because we didn't know where these places were. They didn't exist. Uh, those areas were under Jordanian control mm -hmm. until 1967. Mm -hmm. And the, the, this was in 1962. Yeah. And uh, so we said, where is Shiloh? No, we don't know. Five years later, you have to understand, we're living in a time where so many things are being discovered by scientists and proving things that we never thought were really true. Changing the subject a little bit, even murders and crimes are now being solved 20, 30 years later because of right. the DNA. <clears throat> right. Only science today could be able to solve these murders and these crimes. So right. in 1967, one of the first things that the Jewish people did was to go looking for the biblical sites. And it turns out that there's an Arab Christian village called the Ruins of Shiloh. Mm -hmm. And so the Israelis in 67, 68, they went, they said, well, do you know where Shiloh is? They said, yes, right down in the valley. We're on top of the mountain, and Shiloh's down in that valley. And so they started bringing in uh, archaeologists and started uncovering things, broken plates, you know, yeah. which was where they had the animal sacrifices. <clears throat> uh, and then they found the whole city. And the fact is, 10, 15, 20 years later, they're still excavating the tell or that that mound which is the city of shiloh and it really did exist and actually i get into a lot of trouble for teaching this jewish people don't like to hear it but <laughs> they found four greek uh, churches and monasteries there <laughs> and uh they dug down six feet in front of one of the monasteries and they found a mosaic a mosaic is like this beautiful picture made of little pieces of colored yeah. uh, glass or rock. And it said in the, <clears throat> in the Greek, it said, may the Lord Jesus Christ have mercy on the people of Shiloh. <laughs> really? So, so wow. I, I didn't want to say it in front of the rabbis, but the, the truth is that Mr. Jesus was uh, accoladed there at that church. Mm -hmm. And it, that was you know, proof from the 8th century AD or CE, depending what system. Is, is that the Byzantine period? The Byzantine period. Yeah, that was mostly uh, uh, Greek. Was it the, the city Greek of Shiloh Catholic. at that time was pretty much without Jews? Uh, we don't know. Maybe there were Jews. I don't think we found synagogues there, but uh, there were churches. Uh, this was a great period, you know, for the um, for the Christians and the Byzantines. And then, I don't remember the exact year, forgive me, but 728 or something, there was this massive earthquake. Mm -hmm. And the whole city just collapsed. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're sifting through now. But that mosaic on the ground 
said, may the Lord Jesus Christ have mercy on the people of Shiloh. So bingo, we find Shiloh. But there are many other things also that we found that uh -huh. prove that this is indeed the site of Shiloh. I don't want to, I'd hate to interrupt you, but yeah. your wife kind of keeps me up on some new discoveries. In, in she Israel. keeps me up to date with discoveries. You know, I love, I love that. I, I, it's a wonder I wasn't an archaeologist, or, but I love these findings. I keep up with it, and I, I'm interested in what they're finding, you know? And well, uh, actually... My son Aaron produced four DVDs about four different archaeological sites in Israel, which prove that the Bible is true, that these things oh, really wow. did happen, according to science and archaeology. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so the point I'm trying to say is when you read the Bible and you, you hear about somebody called King David, mm -hmm. do you know that there are Jews and Christians who say, well, King David never existed. Really? King Saul never existed. Huh. The prophet Samuel, who was from Shiloh, never existed. I mean, if the city didn't exist, the people didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And what you have here is a, like not only like a mosaic, but like a jigsaw puzzle. All of a sudden, all these pieces of pottery and, and coins and things prove <clears throat> the date of the destruction of the city. Uh, and it wasn't a Jewish city, it was a Byzantine city. And today there's an Arab Christian village up the hill which commemorates and protects that place. And every... Arabic-speaking Christian in that village knows that that's where Shiloh is. Mm. So, yes, the prophet Samuel did exist. When you read the story of, you know, the prophet Samuel, when you mm -hmm. read the story of King David, see this, <clears throat> I mean, the prophet Samuel anointed Saul, anointed David. Mm -hmm. So, they existed. Okay. Right. So, that's what this uh, deals with. And, and the, actually, the Ark of the Covenant was in Shiloh for 369 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, 369 right. years is a lot of history. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then there's another story, and kind of, uh, I'm now kind of merging things that my son says with things that also I say. And <clears throat> um, I want you to know, I became very, very popular in Saudi Arabia. Why did I become popular in Saudi Arabia? Because I interpreted the Bible in a way that the rabbis don't interpret it. So, for example, you know, we Jews, we don't like Christian texts. But what do we use in the synagogues? <clears throat> Christian, you know, King James. Yeah. Yeah. The King James translation. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh when he's 80 years old. You see, we still have a chance. Uh, and he says to Pharaoh, let my people go. He says it six times. The second to the sixth time is, let my people go so that they may serve the Lord uh, uh, in the desert. Uh, but the first time is different. The first time says, let my people go so that they may celebrate the Lord in the desert. And uh, the word, uh, this is going to be a little difficult, but it's important for every Jew and Christian and Muslim to know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. How do you say a pilgrim to Mecca, a Muslim pilgrim to Mecca? You call him a hajj. Hajj is a person who goes to Mecca. Uh -huh. In Egyptian Arabic, it's Hag. The J becomes a G. So it would be H-A-G or C-H-A-G. And in Hebrew, when we say Happy Holiday, we say Chag Sameach. Yeah. Chag <laughs> Sameach. And um, you see, the, the, there are things in languages that get blurred and mispronounced mm -hmm. and changed. You know, you know, take America. You know the American slang, no way, Jose? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, in Spanish, you don't say Jose, you say Jose. Yeah. Ugh, Jose. Uh -huh. No way, Jose. 
but Americans say, no way, Jose, because that's how it's pronounced. We have the same thing between Hebrew and Arabic. In other words, mm -hmm. the word Hajj or Hag uh, means uh, a pilgrim to, to Mecca. And in Hebrew, the word Hag means to go around in circles. Oh. Now, what am I trying to say here? That the way Hajj goes, when he goes to Mecca, he goes in circles around the black stone, the Kaaba. And I believe that Moses, when he killed the taskmaster at age 40, and then he went to live with Jethro, his cousin. Yeah. You know, Jethro was a cousin. He married his cousin, Sipora, mm -hmm. uh, And then at age 80, God sends him back to Egypt to confront Pharaoh. But Moses, I believe, had been at that black stone, which has been there from time immemorial, and uh, going around in circles. My son worked with Adam Zartal. Adam Zartal, rest in peace, was a great man. He was a socialist, by the way, from the kibbutz. He got very seriously wounded in the Yom Kippur War. He was always running around on crutches. <coughs> but he developed a team of uh, archaeologists which proved all these things. And they found something very interesting. Uh, you know, God says in the Bible, in Deuteronomy and also in Joshua, wherever your feet will tread or wherever your sandal will tread, right. I will give to you as an inheritance. And what we see is that uh, this idea of going around in circles around the black stone, this is my theory. There's nobody else in the world saying this, but uh, I'm saying it. Uh, they found this tremendous footprint the size of three uh, football fields in Argaman, which is right off of the Jordan River there in uh, the Samarian Desert. And uh, meanwhile, they found six or seven more of these giant footprints. And it turns out that in the shape of a foot. And when you see the story uh, of Jim and Penny Caldwell, who you probably heard of, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and they were in Saudi Arabia, you got these footprints all over the place. Yeah. The footprints, the sandal prints, markings, prove that this is a holy site. And so we did not go as Jews. Maybe we did go around the Black Stone at a certain time when we were all pagans. Rabbis don't like to hear that we were pagans at some yeah. time, but we were. <coughs> Everyone was a pagan <coughs> uh, uh, 4,000 years ago. And uh, so what we have, we have these, uh, and Pharaoh in Egypt, uh, Aaron explains this uh, in his DVD, he would have his sandals, Pharaoh wore sandals, and he would be stepping on his enemies. In other words, the, the enemies were drawn into the sole of the sandal. So when Pharaoh walked, he was stepping on all the people <coughs> he had conquered. Mm. And it showed, the sandal shows that this is like a flag. I plant my flag here, you know, my foot. Yeah. And so the Israelites leave Saudi, uh, they leave Egypt, they go to Saudi, I believe. Uh, even King uh, Solomon had erected two great pillars mm -hmm. where the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. Of course, the, the Egyptians and the Saudis pulled down the pillars and dragged them into the water. Yeah. But we know where it is. And uh, Jim and Penny Caldwell proved all these things archaeologically. Uh, you ever hear of the, the Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who is the son of the King of Saudi Arabia? He wants to build a city called Niam. Where? At where the, the real Mount Sinai, which is in northwest Saudi Arabia. So there are a whole mm -hmm. lot of things that are not really discussed in the mm -hmm. Bible. In other words, you have to be able to use science and archaeology and discoveries which are proving that the Bible is true. 
So then the Israelites are 38 years at Mount Sinai, which is in northwest Saudi. They go up to Jordan and Iraq, and then they come over across the Jordan. And then they build these tremendous foot-shaped uh, structures, which has only one purpose, which is to worship. Uh, they didn't have a black stone. They had the sandal marking, which is meaning we are conquering this land. Our foot is here. Mm -hmm. We are conquering this land. And so this was founded at uh, Argaman, at Gilgal. There were a number of places which uh, Adam Zartal actually found. Unfortunately, Adam Zartal died a few years ago. Uh, but this is a revolution because all of a sudden it's proving that, uh, guess what? The, 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 the altar of Joshua, which was found uh, on Mount Ebal. Now, you read the Bible, mm -hmm. it says that that Joshua took the children of Israel to Mount Ebal to be blessed. You had six tribes getting the blessings, six tribes not getting, but hearing the blessings and the curses. So that's 12 tribes. Mm -hmm. Well, that was at Mount Ebal, you know, where, the, where this footprint is. My son takes these Christian and Messianic groups to see these places. And like I said, the Palestinians are now trying to bulldoze it so that to erase the history. But I think it's going to be good in the end uh, because we're going to be victorious on this evil behavior <clears throat> and uh, prove the veracity of the Bible. So why is it important that we find the altar of Joshua from 3,200, 3,300 years ago? Because it proves that Moses existed and Joshua existed. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. there are those non-believers, I'm saying Jewish and Christian non-believers who are just nominal Jews <clears throat> and Christians, but Moses and, uh, and Joshua really existed. There's another gentleman also. Uh, I don't know how much of a gentleman he was, but he was the grandson of Aaron the high priest. Okay? So you had Aaron, you had Itamar, and then you had uh, Phineas, Pinchas, we say in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And if you remember the story of Pinchas, he skewers with his lance a, uh, um, a Midianite prophetess who's really just a, a prostitute mm -hmm. with a, 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 an Israelite in the middle of a sexual act yeah. because there had been this horrible plague which killed 24,000 Israelites. Right. And when Phineas killed them, the plague stopped. Mm -hmm. And Phineas has a very checkered history. Now, you know that Aaron and, and, and Moses, well, they, they, they die in the desert. They were part of the generation, mm -hmm. the 40 years in the desert, they died. Mm -hmm. Um, Itamar uh, actually does enter the land. He, he has a burial place in Israel. And the interesting thing is uh, Phineas. Phineas, it says in the book of uh, Judges, Phineas is the high priest in Bethel. Hmm. In Bethel. So in other words, he was in Egypt, mm -hmm. and he, you know, he, he officiated in Bethel, and he was also part of a very serious, horrible civil war that took place. He was very fanatic. Phineas Pinchas was very fanatic, but he was the high priest in Bethel. So what does all this prove? That indeed, the Israelites were slaves for 430 years. They left Egypt. They went to Saudi. From Saudi, they went up to Jordan, and then came mm -hmm. over. To, so, so you have to remember: Egypt, Saudi, Jordan, and Israel are one, really one geographic unit. Mm -hmm. And they build these uh, structures, and you have the, the sandal marking in Bethel too. And actually, the, what happened was during the breaking up of the kingdoms under Solomon, uh, you had the Southern Kingdom and the Northern Kingdom. The northern kingdom built a, a, a holy site to, to rival 
the site in Jerusalem. By the way, the city of David was a f in the shape of a, f a sandal. Mm. So you see these sandals markings, these feet markings. You see them in Saudi, you see them in uh, Israel. And um, so what does it prove? That Moses and Aaron and Phineas were all there. And the Bible describes mm -hmm. very clearly how everyone was. So we've proven with Shiloh that King David, King Saul, and the prophet Samuel really existed. We prove with the foot markings and the altar of Joshua that Aaron and, and, and Moses and Phineas really, really did exist. Okay. You know, we need this. We need, I need some of this. I, I looked at Midian and I know Moses went to Midian and he met his father-in-law. Do you know he, where Midian is? Yeah, it's across that. It's across the water. Now, what is he doing going across the water with sheep? Well, uh, no, the sheep were in Saudi Arabia, but the point I'm saying is, you know, what are the two holy cities of Islam? Mecca and Medina. Uh -huh. Medina is Midian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Medi but, but, but the people who don't know Arabic, they don't understand that Medina is Midian. But they've misplaced the mountain where Moses talked to the burning bush. Now, where the burning bush, it's not on... That side of the water, it's right. on this side well, of the water. Well, you know what happened? What talking H Helena about. was so so pro proactive, building churches everywhere. Yep. And so she said to, to the to, to the Arabs that she was traveling with, you know, where's the Mount, you know, Mount the Mount Sinai? And they said over there, Santa Catarina, you know, where mm -hmm. they built this. That's not the place. It's been proven that that's not the place. But I think it could be that the Bedouin did not want. Maybe people to know where the real Mount Sinai was. You can see how skeptical I am. I look at things sometimes and I wonder, well, how does this happen, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I've been in the, the theory that, you know, it was Saudi Arabia all this time. Yeah. And I look at stuff like that. And uh, <clears throat> I made a real good friend at a, at a Jewish, uh, well, at a NRB. He was, had a, a, a Jewish uh, display set up. And he said, uh, asked me where I thought Mount Sinai was, and I told him. He said, "You're right. We believe alike, you know. And yeah. he, you know, and we made we we made a connect right there. But it's amazing if you'll just be a little curious, a little skeptical, and start checking it out. <clears throat> let me let me do a little a little commercial here, Kenna. Uh, you know, the what we're trying to do is restore the GLC programming back to what it used to be." The one that a lot of you used to enjoy. And we want to be interesting. We want to bring news to you. We want to bring the things of the, of the Lord that he's doing today. And we want to remind you of the things that God's doing in our lives today. I wouldn't want to face this age in my life without God. I'll tell you. I, would, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't even want to wake up in the morning. I thank him for waking me up in the morning. Amen. I really do. I thank him. I get up early and I thank God. I want you to partner with us. We want you to partner with us. Uh, our, uh, our deal is, as a fundraiser is called Onward and Upward. Now, we want you to just join in and be partners with us at GLC. Start at a dollar to $30 a month is a raindrop partner. A water bear partner is $30 to $75 a month. Operations partner is $75 to $150. And a growth partner is $150 or up. I, I, we don't care if you give us a large one time, do we? No. But we want you to partner with us. We're going to be trying to help every way we can, time, money, whatever. And we're trying to, to partner with you and the guys here. At the, you know the guys here at the station? 
a lot of them working for nothing. I mean, just because they believe in what God is doing, and I want to bless them for, for doing that. It makes me feel humble to know that you got young men and women that come out here and work to put on a program that you might be able to see what's going on and to be encouraged by things that God is doing. And we just want you to, to, to join in. And there's going to be a time we're going to ask you to come and help. We're going to ask you to come and give us some time and help us to get ready. We're going to have people, volunteers out here. I know that's going to happen. And we're going to take calls from people that need help, people that need prayer. And I know that's going to happen. So partner with us. Be, just become one with us and join arms and let's go forward, okay? I'm sorry, Avi. I, I just need to encourage people because we can't have people come through here from all over the world uh, uh, blessing Christians with the Word of God and, and bringing uh, the results to them of what could be in their life. You know, I watch people and I see how their heart has changed to God and their life has changed to God and how blessed they are. I really believe that. And I, I recommend it. But I thank you for kind of bringing, I'm going to have to meet with Aaron when he comes and I'm going to have to talk to him about some of these things that, that you know, uh, <clears throat> I'm a real believer and I was called down by an Orthodox Jew and the next time he came to my house, he said, I think you're right. I think Caleb was a non-Jew. And I believe the picture of the story is that Joshua and Caleb entered into the promised land, a Jew and a non-Jew, because if you read Caleb, you'll find out he he was uh, adopted. He was he was not a Jew, and uh, you can tell the, uh, the parts of Israel that he inherited. He had a, a area he inherited, and uh, so I believe that. I'm going to ask I'm going to ask Aaron. I'm going to ask somebody who might know, but that, I, I've held to that belief. But uh, we had uh, a Jewish man from Israel, and he disagreed with me right quickly. But the next time he come, about three months later, he was at our house eating, and he said. You know what you asked me the first time you saw me? And I said, no, sir. You said you thought Caleb was a non-Jew. I believe you're right. <laughs> but anyway, I have questions, and that's the way you learn, isn't it? Absolutely. You have a question, and you find somebody can answer your question. You know, I have to tell you personally, because I'm 72 years old, there are things that I've been learning in, at the age of 72 or 71 or 70, and the experience, one of the reasons I thank God every morning when I wake up is because every day I'm all of a sudden getting things I never would have believed <laughs> mm -hmm. I would have known uh, many, many years ago. And there are many people, Jewish and Christian and others. Uh, there's even one Saudi guy, Muslim guy. He writes to me all the time. He, he's got my book about uh, Mecca. And uh, I'm telling you, he said, you are among the very, very few people who's not a Muslim you do not attack the Muslims in your book. You explain things which show actually the origins of the commonality of Jew, Christian, and Muslim because of the Black Stone. And um, Well, tell me something. Yeah. I, that's a real question. How long has, there, has Islam been practiced? About 1,400 years. Uh, okay. At, at what part did Muhammad show up? Uh, he's About, the beginning of Islam, well, 1,400 I, I years. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. I know it's a, a whole lot uh, newer than Christianity. I knew that. Right. Christianity is 2,100 yeah. years, and Islam is about 1,400 years. Uh -huh. And, uh, of course, uh, Islam and Christianity uh, were very, very much, well, Christianity was birthed 
out of the Judaism of that time. Right. Mm -hmm. And Islam was very influenced by Judaism and Christianity of the 6th, 7th I, century. I read, I notice things all the time when I read about Islam, I notice the, the uh, similar things that they they took out of uh, of Jewishness, you know. Jewish and I, Christian. Yeah, yes. I can tell they, they stole some stuff. I was wondering. Well, there were influences, of course. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Um, but the point I'm trying to say very simply is that uh, when you read the Bible uh, with the King James, and it says, you know, uh, let my people go so that they may celebrate the Lord. Right. And the word Chag is a celebration. is a, But the, the other meaning is to go around in circles. Mm -hmm. And so, what do you mean, circles in the desert? What's going on? You know, across the pond there's a desert, and people are going around in circles around this black stone. Um, but evidently, God was not happy that the Israelites were living amidst these pagans who were doing some really horrible things. You know, like mm -hmm. burning their children and prostitution in the name of their gods, and all, there was, there's a whole list of things. Yeah. Uh, homosexuality, which is an evil. Mm -hmm. um, um, all kinds of things that, you know, uh, sleeping with animals. This is what the, the, these pagan peoples did, and God wanted to get the Jews away from that. So he sent them north to Mount Sinai, which is in the Madian, Midian mountains. And again, one of the holy cities of Islam is Medina. And uh, uh, in Arabic, they call their city Yathrib. Yathrib is Jethro. What? Yathrib is Jethro in Arabic. Oh, yeah? And so... Uh, so that city is where Jethro lived. They went on pilgrimage south to the Black Stone, which is in the middle of the desert. Then now that became a big city. Mecca became a big city. But uh, the history, and you, by the way, another name of Medina is Minawara. Minawara is like, Minawara. like a menorah. And you see menorahs all over the desert in Saudi Arabia because the Israelites were etching menorahs into the desert, into the stones. So when they came to the Holy Land, all of a sudden they're, they, they're mimicking a whole lot of things that happened in Egypt and in Saudi. They found all these relics, Egyptian relics, at the altar uh, of Joshua because the Israelites are carrying these relics with them throughout the desert. They found the, the arrowheads, Egyptian arrowheads, all over the Saudi Peninsula because we took all our weapons from the Egyptians. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, so what I want to do, because time is running out, I, I wanted to talk about Bethel. Bethel is a very, very important part of this whole story. Did Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob really exist? Okay, so people say, well, no, it's all mythology. You know, mm -hmm. you see what I'm seeing? I'm proving here all these things really happened. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the story here is that Abraham uh, comes with his uh, uh, nephew, Lot, and they, they, they have so, they're so blessed, you know, with their uh, flocks of sheep. There's not enough grazing in the pasture land for, for them. So they make an agreement that uh, Lot will go down to Sodom and Gomorrah, which is very, very fertile, very green at that time. And Aaron, and Aaron a Abraham would remain up at a certain mountain there, which is today is called Baal Chatzor, which is right next to Ofra, where my son lives. Mm -hmm. And there, Abraham has a meeting with God. And God takes him to this mountain. It says, look to the east, to the south, to the north, and west. This land is the land I'm going to give to you and to your seed. I mean, my son explains all this when the groups, Christian and Messianic mm -hmm. groups come to Israel. He shows them exactly where this is. And then 
um, what we see later, uh, and this is at Bethel, and it's called Luz. And um, I mean, Abraham didn't all of a sudden make a synagogue or a church or a mosque there. He just, you know, this, but we know that that was a holy place. Then you know the story, of course, of uh, uh, Jacob getting the uh, blessing instead of mm -hmm. uh, his brother um, uh, Esau. And then Jacob has to flee. Mm -hmm. And Jacob, where does he go? He goes to Bethel because he knows that's the holy place that was established and, and, and sanctified with oil by, by his father. I mean, there are all kinds of things they did in those days too. Yeah. The land was also empty, you know, so if you put up a pile of rocks that might even remain. Right. Anyway, and he slept there. And it says in the Bible that, the, that he, he used a rock as his uh, pillow. Well, we found the rock. It wasn't really a rock. What it was is, is a very, very unusual kind of a stone, which you can't find anywhere else in the world or in Israel. And it's very round. You can actually put your head and use it as a pillow. <laughs> and there are trees there and there are edifices there, buildings from the time of the uh, Muslims and from the time of the Crusaders. They built churches and mosques there. There's a massive graveyard there. People wanted to be buried always near a holy place, which is Bethel. They found a massive fort uh, which had collapsed. They're rebuilding it now. Mm -hmm. It was from the time of David to protect that place. Um, they found uh, oil presses, wine presses. All of a sudden, they're finding a whole city there in Bethel. Bethel means house of God. Right. But one of the interesting things about Judaism, Christianity, and Islam is that when every religion is building its uh, house of worship there, there's something special going on there. Mm -hmm. So it's like three vectors coming together. And so Bethel is indeed that very, very holy place. And like I said before, uh, Phineas was the high priest in Bethel uh, for the whole land. Then after Solomon died and the kingdom split into two, Bethel became the capital of the northern kingdom. Mm. Right. Mm. And they built a sandal-type building, which would be the place of worship to rival the sandal-type Jerusalem of King David. Mm -hmm. Sandal means this is, <coughs> this is our flag. We are mm -hmm. here. Uh, so this is really very, very challenging. What I'm trying to say with all of this is we are still in the process of uncovering more and more data, more and more facts under the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, things are being found, <coughs> by the way, in Egypt, pharaonic graves. Uh, they're finding things which refer to Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's so much going on, you, you can go crazy with all this new information, which never existed years ago. And we are fortunate to be chosen by God to live in this time, to see all of these discoveries, corroborating our faith as a Jew or as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wanted to add one or two more things which are not uh, connected to the archaeology, but they're very important. You know, we Jews have two holidays which are considered minor holidays. They're not uh, the Sabbath-type holidays or, you know, the Passover, yeah. uh, Pentecost, and uh, Tabernacles. Mm -hmm. um, there are all kinds of debates about the holiness because they are relatively new holidays. One of them is Purim. Purim we celebrated uh, in uh, March. Uh, uh, it's exactly a month before Passover. Mm -hmm. And... Um, 
people don't understand that there were people, uh, good people and bad people in the Persian Empire. Uh, the, bad, the bad people led by Haman or Haman wanted mm -hmm. to wipe out the Jewish people uh, because the Jewish people had a system which was different than all the other nations. All the other nations were pagans. But the Jews had this Judaic Torah religion. And in the end, God thwarted Haman and the murderers, and God protected the Israelites. Now, why is that important? Because Jesus Christ of Nazareth was a Jew who believed in the commandments and said, everybody, if, if you don't keep the least of my commandments, you're the least in my kingdom. Jesus is saying to keep the commandments. <clears throat> right. And uh, he would not be around if the Jews had been wiped out by, uh, by Haman and the right. anti-Semites. Then you get the next holiday, Hanukkah. Hanukkah is 165 B.C. Uh, you know, Haman is like uh, three, 400 B.C. And here again, we have a struggle between the pagans, the Greek Seleucids, and the Israelites. The Israelites are outnumbered incredibly by this Greek army. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Maccabees, the whole family of Maccabees fought, you know, to save Israel from these uh, Greeks. What the Greeks really wanted was not to kill the Jews, but to kill the faith, you know, to stop Judaism. Because, again, Judaism was a threat to the pagan <laughs> systems. Well, if the Greeks had won, and if the Maccabees had lost, and the Israelites had lost, there'd be no Jesus Christ today. Right. So Christians <clears throat> need to observe Purim. Christians need to observe uh, Hanukkah. I mean, part of my work is to show Christians, and, you know, in the Islamic world, they say Jews and Christians are one people. We're the people of the book. Right. Ahl al-Kitab. Yes. And one of the things that has driven me is to fight, fight this hatred between Jews and Christians. Mm -hmm. This, you know, there's a saying, you may be right, but you may be dead right. <clears throat> Today, America is threatened by people who want to wipe out the faith, just like the Greeks did, just like Haman did, exactly. just like Pharaoh did. All <clears throat> these enemies mm -hmm. of the Jews are the enemies of the Christians too. But these things are not being taught, especially when pastors say, well, we don't follow the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. But you can't follow the New Testament if you don't follow the Old Testament because that's the root. Exactly. Right. Amen. And so that is kind of the work that I've been trying to do. Um, <clears throat> you know, we are now facing different uh, enemies, common enemies, who do not follow the Judeo-Christian faith. And I don't want to mention names because <clears throat> I know that there are uh, there's censorship in this country and you can't really say what you really want to say but America Judeo-Christian America is being threatened by ideologies which hate God and hate Judaism and Christianity and so we must uh, hang together or we will hang separately we, we've got to get back to common sense you know there's a lot of stuff that people are believing today that's not common sense but you know uh, the word does tell us there will come a day when Wrong will be right, and right will be wrong, you know. I wanted to add something also very important, because I'm watching the clock also, and yeah. I want to get this in. Yeah. There used to be a very, very famous um, um, philosopher in Germany, uh, Heinrich Heine. And he was actually a Jew who became a Christian, because in those days, if you didn't become a Christian, you couldn't get a job. Yeah. yeah. But he was uh, a brilliant man, and he said 200 years ago, 200 years ago, before communism, he said the world is going to have to choose between the foolishness of America and the despotism and tyranny of the Russians. Okay? Uh. Because at that time, the, the czars 
were despots. They were totalitarians. They were, mm -hmm. they were not good to their people. The Americans under Jackson, you know, President Jackson, were the frontier people, the pioneers. And, and so one of the things I share in the churches is indeed that Americans may be foolish, but they're foolish in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're foolish in the Lord, you know, there's a saying that the foolishness of the Lord is greater than the wisdom of man. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can be as foolish as you want, but if you're a Christian or a Jew and you believe in God, you will always come out number one. Mm -hmm. In the Middle East, Israel is number one. Everywhere else in the world, America is number one. But there are nations and ideologies that are wanting to challenge. They may be very wise, but look at those, the, the, those I don't want to mention names. They're anti-democratic. They're totalitarian. They're authoritarian. They're despotic. They kill their own people. You know what I'm talking about. I don't right. have to mention their names. Right. Mm -hmm. And they hate America. Mm -hmm. And they want to turn America into what they are. Right. Mm -hmm. You cannot turn them into what you are or what we are unless you know the Bible and unless you have a relationship with God. Amen. And that's why GLC is so important because there's so many other... Uh, I don't want to say so-called Christian, but so many other Christian organizations that will not have me. And GLC is one of the few places that have a Jew from Israel. You know, I go to so many churches, they, they say to me, you're Je the brother of Jesus, that I accept that with blessing. I love Jesus. It doesn't make me a Christian, but I love Jesus. He was a great Jew. You know, I, <clears throat> I can't argue with somebody that loves God. Can you? Uh, you, know, you know what? God is up there laughing his head off and saying, you know, the only thing that God cannot control is the decisions that we have to make. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. else God controls, but he cannot uh, control what we're going to do. That's in our hearts. But he can see in our heart, can't he? Yeah. He, we're judged by what's in our heart. But also don't that. forget, faith without works is dead. Right. Faith without works is dead. So it's very important for every Jew and every Christian to stand together for, to, to promote God and to save America before That's it's right. too late. And you know, the Lord says, my people perish. For lack of knowledge. lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of knowing His Word. Right. A lot of Christians don't know His Word. You know, they may know a few scriptures from vacation Bible school, or they may know whatever they, their pastor may teach them, but they really don't know the Word of God. If they knew the Word of God, they would start from Genesis, which helped them to understand Matthew all the way to Revelation. Right. You know, if they would... <clears throat> By the way, this will sound funny, but I am a Jew. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Christian, but I teach the New Testament in yes, churches. I know you do. Because the New Testament comes from the Old Testament. That's right. right. And many Christians don't have a clue of where these things are coming from. Right, and Are there wasn't even a New Testament when Jesus and the disciples were alive. They taught the Old Testament. Right. Right. Is, there, is it because Christians don't believe the scripture that says you need to get a hold of the Jewish root, the, the rich Jewish root? I mean, right. do they read over that? Or is it cut out of their Bible? What is it? But it is a rich root. And we've been grafted in yeah. to Amen. that Amen. rich root. Amen. And, you know, the graft comes after the original plant. Right. right? right. So if we're going to be grafted in, it's going to be later, you know. So... Uh, I just, you know, I, I know we can't, we can't emphasize enough of how we need to realize the truth of the word. And Jackie's really been in, I mean, this is, she preaches this everywhere she goes, that, you know, we perish because we lack 
the Word. We lack the knowledge of the Word. But you see that in the world and the mm -hmm. things that they do, and they call themselves a Christian, and mm -hmm. you think, how can they be a Christian in things that they're doing? By the exactly. way, by the way, if I may, I wanted to complete that verse. It says, "My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge." Mm -hmm. um, uh, be, and be, okay, here comes the catch. And because you, he's talking to the Israelites, mm -hmm. but it also refers to the Christians. That's right. It says, because you rejected the knowledge. Right. See, what are we trying to do here? Bring the knowledge to the people. That's right. right. That's because you rejected GLC the knowledge, I reject you. Yes. Right. So do we, as Americans or Israelis or Westerners, do we want God to reject us? No. So why are we rejecting him? I think we're waking up. I really think we're We have waking. no choice. We have no choice. I want to... Uh, I want to remind people that we do need you to become a partner and to uh, give a monthly amount. If it's a $1 a month and you're a raindrop partner or $30 a month, you're a water bearer or operations partner for $75 a month, a growth partner at $150, please, please ask God what he'd have you do. Yeah. And we pray that he'd have you be a partner to us. And, Amen. Uh, well, Avi, I, I've got to hear some more of this. and. Uh, maybe on our next visit, we'll we'll get in. I've got a lot of questions. I, I mean, you've answered you you've uh, caused me to wonder about some things. I believe, you know, but <laughs> you know that's what it's, that's what it is. We we uh, uh, try to bring people's memory to study and to learn uh, more about well, what it is that we believe. You know, it's something to believe one thing because you're told, but it's more to study and know. And prove, and I, I can't wait to see Aaron again. <laughs> but I, uh, I just want to thank you for sharing that word with us, and uh, we'll have another session uh, before long, and uh, we'll be able to delve some more. Okay, are you ready? I'm always ready. Always. And, and by the way, I, I, I just want to say my wife Rachel is here, and I, I owe her everything. Firstly, for staying alive mm -hmm. 72 years of my life, but also Rachel has been my teacher and she's given me an insight into the Islamic world and, which, and into human nature in general, which helps me to do the work that, that I've been no, doing. No, we all owe our wives. I mean, I do. I know. <laughs> Honey, tell them. Well, we'll be back. Jimmy and I love you very much and Jesus loves you even more and he's coming back soon, so you get ready. Amen. And come join us here at GLC.